everybody. My name is Ben Miller. I am your host of this Detroit Lions podcast. With me, as always, I've got my co-host here, Austin Rudlin. Austin, yo, what up? Man? How's it going? Good. How are you? Man, it's been a week. It's been a week, man. You know that uh, Lions game was pretty rough to watch this last weekend, but um, you know we're we're getting by as we always do as us Lions fans. So you know, <laughs> let's. Uh, you know, let's take a look at it here. You know, in this new podcast we're doing, um, we're just going to kind of just jump right into it here. We're going to start right off with that Bears and Lions game we had. For anybody who is listening that didn't get a chance to watch it, first off, congratulations. Please don't watch it. Um, but the score ended up being Chicago 27, Lions 23. Um a lot of stuff happened in this game. It wasn't a particularly great game for us Lions. Uh, let's start in with the negatives because there are a lot. Um, you know, I'll start off with I was watching this game and it was almost a repeat of what happened in the opening game last year, Austin. I don't, I'm sure you watched that game as well. Oh, yeah. Um, and and it, it felt exactly like that game last year where I was excited going into the fourth quarter. We were up big. Um, I believe we were 23 to six going into the fourth quarter for this year. And, and then we ended up losing to Mitch Trubisky of all people and having a big fourth quarter comeback to 27 to 23. Um, and so I kind of looked at it a little bit and I went back to that Cardinals game last year and I don't know if you knew this or not, but Last year with the Cardinals, we were 24 and six going into the fourth quarter. This year we were 23 to six going into the fourth quarter. So my question is, you know, Austin, is, is this the same old Lions, man? Do we have, you know, what what's going on with this team, dude? I have no idea, man. Um, I sure hope not. I mean, I sure would love to see a winning season, but. You know, I mean, deep down, I don't starting to think we might not see one. I mean, last year, you know, we ended up the season on a low note. We're, you know, and then we had a chance to say, okay, we are, we, you know, we're three and thirteen. Stafford was out. You know, our awful defensive coordinator is playing these, you know, playing this awful defensive game. You know, that's why we were losing. And then in this off season, we made tons of switches. Got a new defensive coordinator. Got all of these new defensive weapons. Matthew Stafford comes back healthy, and it's the same shit. It's the exact same. So, which kind of leads me into my next point. You know, if the issue is not the coordinator, if the issue is not the players, is it time we take a look at Matt Patricia? I definitely would say so. Maddie Patty so, needs to go. <laughs> yeah, I've been hearing it a lot. Um, you know, okay, so I'm sure you heard in his, he had his after-game interview the other day, and something really struck out to me that he said. Um, I believe the quote was from one of the reporters. He says, is there something in your coaching that maybe isn't happening for you to close out games? And 
Matt Patricia responded and said, Yeah, I don't think so, Mike. I think I have got one of the biggest plays in the fourth quarter in the history of the NFL where I think I did a pretty good job. So I don't think it's that. So let's just talk about that for a second. Austin, what were your reactions to this? Um, first of all, very cocky. Second of all, he had nothing to do with that play call. I mean, just like Seattle, why they would choose to throw it in that scenario when they have Marshawn Lynch. Exactly. So my thought when I heard this was, uh uh-oh, is the real Matt Patricia slipping out from behind that curtain? Are we (laughs) finally seeing that giant that is behind that curtain that all of these, you know, players have come out saying, you know, these obviously the ones he has in right now are not going to say anything negative, but people like Diggs and Slay who just said, you know, this guy just is disrespectful and, you know, he can't play for somebody like that. Are we seeing a little bit behind the curtain of what Matt Patricia might actually be like instead of what he's showing to all of these interviews and whatnot normally? Because most times in his interviews, you know, he's pretty easygoing. He's laughing, joking with people. And and then this one reporter asked him this question, which let me tell you how I took this question. What I thought this question was asking, you know, Matt, Patricia, you're coaching this stuff. Is there something that maybe the players are not getting from your coaching that's not happening? Instead, Matt, Patricia went straight on the defensive. He Mm -hmm. must be calling, you know, me out. So that was a big, big um, uh uh-oh in my mind. And it's really started to, I've not been on the, the fire Patricia bus yet, but uh, I might be bored. I might be buying a ticket here soon. I, I don't know, man. I have no idea. Um, if it keeps going this way, though, I, I would be surprised if he had his job by the bye season. Actually, um, but anyways, I don't want to stick on the bad. Um, there was a lot of bad in that game, but there were some positives in this game too. Let's talk about the top positive that they had. Adrian Flippin Peterson. Wow. Coming out of nowhere. Adrian Peterson looks like he has not lost a step. Instead, it looks like he has gained five steps coming from Washington. I think that uh, mixing up between him and Bevel is just insane. I think that was perfect for him to come here. He he had 14 attempts running for 93 yards, and he averaged 6.6 yards per carry. That was second for running backs in the NFL. Second, he had 6.6 yards per carry and 93 yards on 14 attempts. The Lions have not had a solid running back who has averaged about 100 yards per game, like ever, almost since Barry, well, since almost Barry. Since Barry Sanders. So. Are we seeing a running game forming with Adrian Peterson as our head? Is that what we're seeing here? I mean, I would love to see it. I mean, we definitely need a consistent running game. We haven't had one for the last God knows how long. I mean, I don't know. I mean, when we drafted Carry on Johnson, I thought he would be the one. And then he hasn't been able to do jack squat except get hurt. And then set out. Right. So, I mean, 
As long as we can have some consistency, I'd say we'd be in good shape. Yeah, I I hope that Peterson, you know, is really showing us everything that he can do and will continue to stay like this because we definitely need it, like you were saying. Um, And then another piece that goes with Adrian Peterson, I'm going to kind of skip ahead a little bit here, that kind of helped him with that. Our offensive line looked good. Not even, like, looked okay. They looked good. With that center as Ragnow, I mean, even our our rookie, you know, he was looking good. Jonah Jackson, I was seeing TJ Lang was calling out some of his plays um, on Twitter. He was watching his game saying, you know, this rookie did great here. And then Ragnow coming in to do this. If TJ Lang is sitting here saying how good the offensive line was, obviously they're doing something right. So is that something we can positively look at for the future? I mean, I sure would hope so. If they can stay healthy, we should be in good shape. Yeah, that's the key right there, staying healthy. <laughs> you know we have issues with that. And then the last big positive that I took away from this game was somebody that you know I've been a favorite of since we drafted him. And this, <laughs> this game really I love to see was TJ Hawkinson, baby. That's right, Hawkinson coming in with five receptions for 56 yards. He averaged 11.2 yards per catch, and he had a touchdown. The thing is with TJ Hawkinson, you know, every chance they gave him, he made a play. Every single time, he made something happen. Even with that touchdown, it was a different Hawkinson than last year. It was instead of trying to just get the ball, he boxed out the defender and got the ball perfect. I loved watching TJ Hawkinson. I I mean, you know this ever since we drafted him. I have been super high on TJ Hawkinson and I I think he's going to be a stud. He was really showing out in the um in the um, off season and he was showing off in the um you know, all of the practices. So I think I think TJ Hawkinson is going to be a stud this year. What about you? Do you think that this uh this guy's for real now or do you think this was a a one-game thing like it was last year. I mean, we always have to take week one with a grain of salt, but if he can stay consistent with this, I say he'll be a stud. But, I mean, we'll see how it goes this week, right? Like I said, right. That's true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, in my eyes, he looked good. So, you know, let's kind of skip ahead here and let's go to a lot of people I'm sure are kind of curious on the rookies. You know, that's always a big piece. How did the rookies do? Um, so we'll talk first with, I mean, obviously we have to start with our number three pick, Okuda. Um, he didn't play. He was injured that game. Um, I think we could have used him because our corners really took a blow that game. Oh, yeah. Um, but... Um, Okuda didn't play. I believe he's um, supposed to be playing this this next week against Green Bay. He was um, in practice we'll today. Kind of, yeah, we'll we'll kind of talk about that a little bit later though when we get to the the Bears versus Green. I mean the Lions versus Green Bay. Um, so then DeAndre Swift, man. Um, I, in my opinion, Swift played pretty well. He he had three attempts. Uh, for rushing, he had three attempts and eight yards. Not amazing. 
but then passing, he had three attempts for 15 yards, so much better there. Um, obviously, you watched if you watched the game, you knew that DeAndre Swift had a chance to make the game-winning catch uh, with like six seconds left on the clock, um, and he had it. He was in the end zone, and he dropped it. Um, I hate for DeAndre Swift to have his first NFL game like that. Um, however, I think it is going to kind of help him in the long run. I think that from what I saw from him, he looked very promising. And I think that Swift is going to be our number one, number two running back with uh, Adrian Peterson while he's here. Um, because Swift did look good, especially in the passing. He looked really good there. And also, while he did drop that final play, um, you have to also look at, you know, he's a running back, and he was wide open. He didn't just get there. He made somebody miss because he's such a, uh, a shifty back, and he was able to get open like that. So that that was awesome. I like to see that, and I think that he's going to be a big piece of this offense going forward. So I was pleased with him, even though he had that unfortunate drop. What do you think of Swift? Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I missed the first half of the game, so... I was only able to see, you know, part of the second. And um, from what I saw, he looked great. I mean, unfortunate that he did have that drop in the last play. But, I mean, what are you going to do? Nobody's perfect. I mean, it's his first NFL game. He's probably getting the jitters out. And, I mean, it's it's tough. Right. It's true. It is. And, you know, you always hear about these uh, rookies that are coming in, people are asking them, you know, do you ever have that moment where uh, you get that welcome to the NFL rookie? I think Swift just got his right there. Yeah. I think that's his welcome to the NFL rookie. Um, so I, I think he'll do better. Um, I was just hearing um, him do a um, interview earlier today, and he was, one of the reporters asked him, you know, who reached out to you after that play? He said, Every single person that was on my contact list contacted me after that game. So he's been he's been feeling the love from it. I know he's going to come back and show what he can make from it after that. So I'm excited to see what he does next week, actually. But again, we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, so next up, uh, Jonah Jackson. I kind of talked this a little bit earlier uh, with our offensive line, but he played very well. Um, like I said before, TJ Lang was on Twitter just praising his film. So, first off, having a guard that you pick up in the draft, and not even in like the first two rounds, you know, he was third round or third round pick, and he gets instant starter, and he plays extremely well too. Like he he beat out all the rest of the people that we had, you know, Ode Abushi and all of them we had. He beat them out for that starting position and played. Very, he, it looks like he's been in the league. It looks like he's been in the league for a few years now, and he is a rookie. So I am so excited to have him next to Frank Ragnow and have that center of that offensive line just get solidified. Um, and then next, did you have anything to say on Jonah Jackson? Uh, no, I think you covered it. All right. Next up um, was Quintez Cephas. So... With Quintess Cephas, it was very interesting 
because we got to see him a lot more than what we probably would have since Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay was out. You know, he was kind of playing our wide receiver three to four, um, almost as Kenny Galladay's replacement. Um, and from what I saw, he had some good catches. He had some that were not so good. Um, there was a play I specifically remember where um, Stafford tried to shoot it across the middle of the field on a uh, on a in route in the end zone, and he just couldn't quite get to it. I think uh, that's a tough catch for anybody to get, except for you know Kenny Galladay. I think he would have been the only person that would have been able to catch that. But um, you know he he did pretty well. He played well. Uh, what did you see from Cephas? Yeah, I mean, great route running. Um, he seemed pretty aware. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he does moving forward. Um, and yeah, I mean, I definitely agree on the how much playing time he got. Um, definitely would have been a lot fewer if uh, Galladay would have been in there. But I think he has uh, he has the ability to uh, just take over Amadola's spot here on the team. I was just about to ask, what do you think the depth chart looks like as wide receiver right now? Because there's some real depth there and some competition pieces. I yeah. don't think it's as clear cut as people would think. No, I mean, I I would say Galladay one, uh, Marvin Jones two, and then it's it's a tough race between Amendola yeah, and uh, Cephas. So, yeah, right? and then you've got and then you got Agnew in there as well. Um, yeah. I didn't see I didn't see any huge plays from him or anything like that. Um, but from what I heard was, you know, he was fitting in well to the wide receiver position. But I mean. Yeah, I think it's the same thing. I've got Galladay, Jones, and then I really don't know who's three and four and five even. I think all of them are kind of fighting for that position. And also, real quick, are you a little concerned that we have not extended Kenny Galladay yet? Uh, yeah, quite a bit, actually. Okay, um, good, because I, I had been waiting for it this entire summer because Bob Quinn usually likes to do his extensions in the summer. He doesn't like to do it during the season. And and then we heard the news about how they extended Taylor Decker. I'm like, okay, it's finally here. They're doing their extensions. Yeah. Kenny Galladay should be any day now. I have not heard a single thing about it. We cannot lose Kenny Galladay. No. I, I don't even know. I mean, Bob Quinn, if you're listening to this, first off, you know, thank you. Second, extend Galladay. Do it. Just do it. All right, man. You ready to move on to the next portion? Let's do it. All right, man. So next portion is we're going to talk about the game for this coming week. And so we have Green Bay coming up. Um, Green Bay played very well last week. Um, I don't really know what else to say more about it except for Green Bay played amazing, and I will say one caveat to that is that I was kind of re-watching some of the film from that game, and the Vikings' defense just did not look good at all. Um, so I'm not sure how much of that was. Green Bay's offense was outstanding, and Vikings' defense was so gutted in free agency that it just is, is you know, just bare bones at this point. Yeah. And it might be a little bit of both, honestly. What do you think? 
Um, I mean, Rogers was lights out. Um, I mean, shoot, he's the best. I mean, he looked just about as good as he ever has. So, I mean, I'm a little yeah. worried about that going into the game. Um, yeah, I mean, he was really connecting with his wide receivers too. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. True. Rodgers looked good. Of course, nobody picked him up in our fantasy league, but he played <laughs> great. Um, so let's talk about a little bit about the Lions for this game. So let's talk first about injuries. Um, earlier this week, Justin Coleman, our starting slot corner, was put on IR. Um, I think they kind of did this because the new IR rules where you can have a player on IR for uh, a minimum of three weeks now, um, and then they could take advantage of bringing somebody in on the t- on the team for the meantime. I think that's why they kind of did that. Um, I think it's probably a smart decision. Yeah. Um, but I I hate to see it because Justin Coleman was arguably one of the best corners that we had on our team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now that kind of leaves our slot position up up for grabs. Um, so who would you see filling in on that spot? Um, well, we just signed Chris Jones, but I I don't see him making an impact here anytime soon. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's tough to say. Yeah, I I could see I could see McCray going towards. Here's what I see happening: is our Warrior is corner number one on the outside. Mm-hmm. Okuda is corner number two, because as we were about to get to, Okuda has been full practice each day this week, so that's been great. I'm very excited to watch our number three pick out there. Um, but Okuda has been full practice for the last few days uh, as well, so he'll probably, um, as you know, as long as there's no other injuries to come, he should probably be out there for that game. Uh, so he'll be corner two on the outside, and then the slot I would have up for grabs, really. Um, you know, we had McCray. He did okay, I think. Um, I think probably in the slot would be a little bit easier than trying to play outside against Adams and, you know, uh, Valdez Scantley, except for Adams likes to go in on the slant as well. So um, mm-hmm. I'm afraid of that. I think the biggest thing that we're going to have to do is um, – get pressure on, on Green Bay. I think that's going to be the only thing that can save us is if we can get some pressure on them because our corners are not going to be able to cover very long. They're young, um, and they've got some good wide receivers. So um, so that's where we are with corners. Um, some other players that are on injury list today was uh, Trufant was not at practice. Galladay was not at practice. Um, Hunter Bryant-wise not practicing, but he was at practice, um, running around with the team. So that's kind of a good, uh, good thing to see. We have Joe Dahl today was a limited participant. Um, I think he had a soft tissue injury as well. Um, Halapula, Halapula, I'm just going to say big V. I'm just going to say it. I can't, that's a tough name, man. Uh, he was also not practicing for the last two days, so he'll probably be out 
Um, so at this point, I'm assuming that, you know, Galladay, Trufant, Hunter Bryant, and, and Big V are not going to be playing. And that's, that's tough. That's, uh, those are, especially Galladay, Trufant, and Vitae. Those are three big players for our team. Um, and another one to keep an eye on is Nick Williams. Defensive tackle was limited both Wednesday and today. So hopefully, you know, they can get healthy. Um, one thing I will say with this that I'm so happy that I have not seen yet is Deshaun Hand on injury reports. Yeah. Because I, I like Deshaun Hand, but he was always injured. Mm-hmm. And he has yet to show that he can actually step back up to what he did his rookie season. But at least he's not injured. You know, a player's best ability is availability. So at least he's there. Um, and then, so with those on IR, is there, I mean, injury report, is there anything that, any of those that really, really worry you? I mean, our biggest two are Trufant and Galladay. I mean, those are the, probably the two that would have the most impact in that. I mean, Galladay is our number one wide receiver, and True fonts arguably are, you know, best, if not second best, cornerback. So, I mean, it's going to really hurt to not have them. Right. The, trying to keep positive with it a little bit, at least, is, like we said before, the wide receiver position has some depth and some, yeah. some good competition there. So, hopefully that should be, you know, one that is a blow to us, but we can get over the hump pretty easily. I'm hoping is what, you know, we can go from there. But, yeah, I agree. Trufant's a big one for us especially. Um, so, like, you know, like I said before, the corners are, are kind of concerning to me right now. Um, I think the starters, like I said, are going to be Oruwarie, Okuda, and I think McCray is probably going to be the one in the slot. Um, when he played in the slot last week, he actually played pretty well. Um, and so I'm, I'm assuming that's going to be what our lineup is. And I would assume that true font would be back for, for the game after green Bay. I would hope Galladay is, um, I really just, I want to get Galladay back, man. I, I want to see him make those big plays. Um, because Andrew, Andrew Fon, I need back because here's the wide receivers that we face in the next two games. If you haven't already seen this is we have Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, and maybe Michael Thomas, if he's healthy by then. Those are not scrubs. No. Not even in the slightest. And I hate to have our number three draft pick have to go up against these all-stars because, you know, that's just what it is. But... At the same time, I'm excited to watch him. This will be a, a real learning moment for him. All right, so let's move on to the next portion here. We're going to talk about um, the next game. We're going to talk about predictions for the game, kind of what has to happen for the Lions to pull off a victory, and then we're going to kind of we're going to kind of try to estimate what's going to happen here. So. 
in order for the Lions to win this game, Austin, what's got to happen? What do they have to do? Um, well, first of all, we need to stop Aaron Rodgers. Um, second of all, we need to have a good offense, I guess. I mean, I, we have a good offense. We just need to put it together, and then we have to get a pass rush in. That's that's our biggest thing right now is our pass rush, not being able to put pressure on the quarterback. Yeah, no, I agree with that 100%. Is Like I said earlier, this pass rush for this game especially is going to be so important to us. We have to make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable. And it's tough because he's always so mellow and he, he can just go forever. Um, so it's going to be difficult to try to knock him off his game but we have to do it. We can't do three-man rushes when Mm-mm. it's second and five. You can't do that. The only time I should be seeing a three-man rush is if it's third and 25. That's the only time I should be seeing a three-man rush. Otherwise, get to the quarterback, knock him out, You know, make him uncomfortable, make him put in Jordan Love, make him do it. That's what we need to see from them. Also... The Green Bay defensive line is weak on the inside. So what we need to do is get Adrian Peterson back up the way he was playing last week. If he can do that run on Chicago Bears defensive line, which is very stout, we should be able to just run it straight up the middle of Green Bay's line. Um, So if we can get the running game going, which I know Matt Patricia would love to do, is get that managing the clock, I think... The Lions don't want to make this a shootout game because I don't think they have the defense to hang with them. Mm -mm. So what they need to do is they need to just manage the entire game. But that does not mean take your foot off the pedal if you have a lead in the fourth quarter. Please, for the love of God, do not stop trying. You just manage the clock. You don't run every single... You don't run, 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 pass. Run, 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 pass. Don't do that. But do a little short, dink and dunks. Let Matthew Stafford throw it. He's the best player on this team. Let him throw the ball to somebody who's open. He will do it. Get DeAndre Swift in the backfield. Let him go for a quick route. you got TJ Hawkinson out there still. Amendola comes around. You know, that's their specialty. They get around into the middle, and they catch a ball. That's what they do. Let them do that. That's how you're going to run out this clock. Not trying to run it straight down their throat every single play. And then you're at third and 15 and say, okay, well, now I've got to throw it. That's not how you're going to win the game. But that's how you're going to beat the the Green Bay Packers this week is if you can manage to manage the clock, manage the game, and then make sure it's not a shootout. All right, here we go. So this last thing we're going to do is you're going to make one prediction that something you are certain is going to happen in this game. It could be a score. It could be a who's going to win. It could be anything. Just one thing. You are certain will happen in this game. What do you got? Hmm. I'm going to go with your boy Hawkinson getting a touchdown. Hey, had a boy Hawkinson. Yes. All right. So I think one thing I'm certain is going to happen in this game is there's going to be something that happens that is going to be noteworthy for like a week through the NFL, through you know, media, it's going to be something noteworthy where everyone's going to be like, wow, I cannot believe that happened. 
whether it's the Lions pull the upset or the refs lose the game again for the Lions. It's going to be something that people are going to say, wow, I cannot believe that just happened. And it's going to happen because it happens every time that they play the Packers. The last few years, last year, it was the refs taking the game away from us. Before that, it was a Matt Prater touchdown throw for the uh, fake field goal attempt. You know, big things happen in this game, and I think another big one's going to happen here as well. So that's going to be our podcast today. Um, We're going to do another one next week. We're going to try to put it out as soon as we can. I think we're going to record it on Wednesday. And then we'll we'll take a look at the game that happened this weekend, and then we're going to take a look at the game after that. Any uh, any final words there, Austin? No, I think this has been fun. Let's keep it going. All right. Yes, sir. Absolutely. And with that, we're just going to sign off. All right. Go Lions. Go Lions.